I remember when Xbox first got announced and it was like Bill Gates and The Rock were up there and like (laughs) (laughs) Bill Gates was up there like proudly talking about how they'd have like more sexual games and experiences and stuff and like like more edgy because of it was like 2000 2001 of course like yeah it was just that time frame too that's amazing yep yep uh i can't i'm like this thing's a joke they got in early on the rock i gotta say they did they got in very they got in they got in when he was like pure wrestling then he was exactly he was yeah. just a wrestling guy. Maybe, maybe had like dipped his toe into like really crappy movies at most. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it was yeah. still like a normal sized human being and not this just like massive, like <laughs> walking muscle man. Yeah. He's, he's a joke, man. I freaking, <laughs> I hate him so much. I, I'm, I'm sure he's like an all right guy, but he just seems so like it's probably just the nature of like he's so famous now that like yeah. he can't do anything to rub anyone the wrong way so he's like so right. or he can if he wants to but he chooses not to so oh, he's yeah. like he's like I'm going to be like the spitting image of like clean cut neutrality yeah yeah like never going to vanilla anyone. ice cream yeah yeah and not that I want him to go around offending everyone but I yeah. just like you know, he just seems like he's not even a he, he has no personality anymore. He's just like been wiped it clean. His personality is muscles. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolary. Hey, folks. And you're stuck with just the two of us this That's week. Right. We had uh, John and I last time, and now Randall's here to uh, talk some video games. Some and duos. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple <laughs> two-packs for you. But uh, but yeah, I guess it's probably been a, eh, probably about a month or so since this uh, came out and since the 20th anniversary of the, uh, the Xbox, yeah. I guess Xbox in general. Yeah. Um, and Randall, you've been kind of kind of celebrating that anniversary, yeah. at least to, to some degree. You're the only one of us with the, the new edition of the console. So yeah. And, and like, also I did have an Xbox back in the day, uh, got one relatively soon ish uh was definitely mostly a gamecube guy in that era but got an xbox um because i had my eye on halo and specifically halo 2 because i'm pretty sure that was the first one that had online multiplayer through xbox live maybe that Um, sounds right and if it if it wasn't it was definitely like the one that blew up for sure like that was the one i played with my brother online and he was like he had the Xbox. I had the game. Actually, no, he had the game. He had all the systems in that era. I don't think I had any of them. He had the PS2 <laughs> and the Xbox and the GameCube. I had all the retro stuff. Hey, by the time so I maybe met I, you, you had a pretty good GameCube collection going already, though. So oh, I had the games. The games, yeah. we we definitely had a shared collection of games. But yeah, his. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I Maybe I was too old for video, video games at the time. But yeah, I had, a, I had to borrow his systems whenever I wanted to play that era, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, that was a great era, though. And, yeah. like, man. The heyday. Especially if you could include Dreamcast in that era, too. Like, Yeah, and I man. think that's fair. Yeah. I think it's almost like it kind of kick-started that era, and maybe... It, I think so. Uh, for Sega's sake, maybe a little bit too soon. You know, yeah. they were almost just a little too early to that curve, but... Just needed that DVD drive, baby. Yeah. That, I, honestly, honestly, that how much of a... even. Even how many, however many years later, I mean, that was the deal breaker for me getting a PlayStation 3 over an Xbox 360. Right. I was like, you know, I want the Blu-ray player. Yep. Like, I don't, 
Like that extra addition was enough to be like, okay, I can justify getting this video game system that I don't really need and this Blu-ray player that I also don't really need (laughs) all at once, you know, instead of buying both things individually. And I think, yeah, the PlayStation 2, I mean, there's a reason why that system just (laughs) took off. Because both, yeah, in both instances, like at the time of the PS2, DVD players were hella expensive. And then yep. at the time of the PS3, Blu-ray players were crazy expensive. They were like, they were like a thousand dollars. Like I, I got a PlayStation, the, the uh, PlayStation 4, whatever model I got, or PlayStation 3, I'm sorry, at the mm-hmm. time was, I think it was 400 bucks was yeah. the model I got. And a Blu-ray player was like a thousand bucks at the time. Like no so it was less like, than six, seven hundred bucks for. A yeah, it was like a no brainer yeah. to get a place like if you wanted a Blu-ray player and you played games ever in your life, yep. it was a no brainer. Even if you didn't play games. Yeah, it was. a no-brainer. It was. I think. Yeah. I mean, we worked at Best Buy around that time frame. And I feel like there were some people that were like, oh, yeah, Blu-ray player. Like like the only other thing would be the space. Like I do remember the other like Blu-ray players being much smaller sure. than the PS3, the yeah, original model especially. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the only other thing. I mean, otherwise it was a damn good Blu-ray player too. Yes. Which, you know, original Xbox, also a DVD player, although you had to buy the little remote adapter thingy guy. Um, yeah. But I never had a problem doing that. And you could put it in like the car or the uh, controller slot for. So that was fine, too. So didn't get in the way of your controllers. But yeah, had good times on the the old Xbox, played a lot of NFL 2K5 and, and a lot of other games like that back in the day and in college and stuff. But uh, yeah. All that being said, I've always had some affinity for Xbox and yeah, got the Series X. And because I have the Series X, I jumped into the Halo Infinite multiplayer that just dropped uh, relatively recently as the time of this recording. And uh, man, it feels just like playing Halo back in the day. It like really feels like that, but like just kind of upgraded with little like nips and tucks, but in like obviously the visual quality and so, you know. so it's a full-blown like it's not just like this these are upscaled like it's a no. full-blown kind of remaster remake situation uh new game really but like just the oh, same, okay. same concepts of you know those old halo multiplayer experiences like ultimately oh. halo infinite is going to be a brand new like full campaign halo like you know like this is going to be the big game for xbox when it comes out which should be pretty soon um the single player but they decided to release the multiplayer which is free to play which is pretty cool that oh that's awesome i had no idea yeah i think you still might need xbox live to get access to it of course but yeah yeah um free to download free to play and you know that also means that there's a huge player base on xbox for this uh and yeah i just like i booted that up on the first night i'm like i have to check this out like I wasn't like the world's like most massive Halo fan, but I always enjoyed my time with this series. So I'm like, why not? I've got everything to do this and yeah. found myself like, oh, oh, no, maybe I like Halo more than I thought I did. Like this is, uh, you know, I, I used to there was a time back in that like 360 PS3 era where I played quite a bit of like Call of Duty 4 and some of those type of experiences online. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um and kind of had fallen away from like the Halo 3's, Halo 4 type of time frame. But yeah, Halo Infinite might have me kind of coming back and, and playing the campaign, especially because it's going to be a Game Pass thing, obviously, being a first party yeah. Microsoft. And yeah, like it just feels right. It feels exactly like I thought it felt 20 years ago, which means it's a perfect update because obviously I'm sure it's clunkier if I were to pop in an old disc in my original Xbox and play that now. 
Right, um, right. But that's how, like, in my mind, the nostalgia, it's it's like a perfect match. I, I, I think it plays great. And there's, like, a whole bunch of different modes, like capture the flag or just, like, whichever team gets, like, 50 kills first or, you know, and it's it just you, you have the warthog you can jump in on the back and one guy's, you know, shooting the the gun while another guy's driving and running over people and, you know, just playing stupid. And it's it's just good. It's a, it's a there, fun time. There's there's something to be said, too, about like jumping into a new experience, but with that sense of familiarity yeah. where you're like, OK, I kind of know what's going on. Like, yeah, there might be a few new things here yeah. and there. I might have to learn a new mechanic or yeah. Whatever. And and one thing I'm thinking is like, I know I've obviously mentioned on the podcast all the time, I don't play a ton of first person shooters. Yeah. And I do remember in particular when me and my brother, I would play a lot of Halo 2 with him. And I mean, he would just mop the floor (laughs) with me. I mean, I just no, I couldn't even come close to holding my own, but it still felt cool to like land a sticky grenade and like, you know, like just those little bits of satisfaction where it's like, okay, it's like I'm getting enough. Uh, I'm having enough fun where I can keep playing this game, but I did find that like, especially with the original Xbox controller with those little like white and black Mm -hmm. uh, nub buttons, like that made controlling a first person shooter even more confusing to me. So I I do (laughs) feel like, like playing one with like with a proper two shoulder buttons or, you know, the bumpers and the triggers and like kind of being able to, I'm I'm sure map the controls. However I see fit. Like, I, I feel like I could probably get a little more comfortable and I've just had played a little more, you know, first person shooters between now and when halo two came out. So. Totally. And you just have that much more like a game under your belt, you know, between now and then where it probably wouldn't be that hard for you to pick up now comparatively. Um, yeah. and like even like the third person stuff, like the controls of that translates pretty well over back into first person. I think if you like with the action stuff you played, it probably wouldn't be as hard as you think to get into it. Um, you, you bringing up the white and black buttons like that just takes me back to or like I'm sure you because you've got a little bit of a golf background too, probably played Tiger Woods during that time. Yep. Uh, The white and black buttons would add like an extra spin on it that you could kind of like jam on those buttons. Like I just have, for whatever reason, a distinct memory of that and like those white and black buttons. And again, playing in college, playing whatever Tiger Woods was out during that time. It's funny (laughs) you mentioned that because I don't remember. I think this would because at least the one I played, it was Tiger Woods 99, but this was on the original PlayStation. So I'm guessing this was not. And I still play. I played many Tiger Woods, yeah. you know, iterations beyond that. But I remember in particular Tiger Woods 99. Like, I think you just used I was playing on PlayStation, so I'm pretty sure it was just the D-pad to, like, control the spin. Right. But I mean, you could like you could pretty much steer the ball in midair <laughs> like they, they really gave you they were really generous with the spin. Like it wasn't just like, let me add a little backspin and get that ball to bite a little bit yeah. on the green. It was like, let, let me put this thing in reverse. And like, it, yep. I, I mean, more side to side. But I mean, you could you could oh, truly yeah. steer the ball in midair. It was so awesome. Yep. Yep. Um, that little God, backspin played- is everything. Oh yeah, that see that's what the new Mario Golf's missing. I mean, it's oh. got backspin, but among other uh, you, things, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah, one maybe one day. Every now and then, I still look at the cartridge, and I'm like, maybe I'll put it back in maybe and give I it a chance. They've they've added a few new courses or a couple mm. new courses, but okay, maybe someday. Yeah, maybe someday. But I, I'd honestly rather play Tiger Woods '99. Yeah, at least I'd get a good laugh steering the ball. So <laughs> and um, look back and see what those graphics look like now. Yeah. 
Yeah, but but that's pretty exciting because I, I I honestly when I saw Halo Infinite, I yeah. I was under the impression I guess I didn't even know it was like a new solo campaign. I kind of thought oh, yeah. they just like kind of released like a oh here's the Halo Infinite Collection is kind of what I took it as. It's no, like, that's oh, it's the Master it's the, Chief Collection. Yeah, that's, that's what I yeah. that, in my head I was like, didn't they already do this? Before? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so it's kind of like yeah, they're just jumping the gun. Like I feel like Naughty Dog kind of did that with some of the Uncharted yeah. uh, multiplayer kind of released beforehand, or maybe it was with uh, Last of Us. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think you're right. They it, did do something like that. I think, or maybe yeah. it was with like the the some of those Uncharted like DLCs or like mm-hmm. those expansion pack smaller games that they made. Yeah, um, I can't remember, but I remember DJ saying something about the online modes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think he liked that quite a bit in the uh, the un- later Uncharted games in particular. Yeah, but yeah, I've, I'm into it. I'm like, ooh, maybe I like Halo more than I thought. Maybe I need to like play this campaign, and then like I already had the Master Chief collection from like a ton of time ago when I had bought it randomly. So, and they've just continued to like patch that to make that a quality experience. I'm like, oh, oh, I might have yeah. a lot of of stuff to go through here. Yeah, that's not so bad. Yeah. That's good to hear. Good to yeah. hear. Because I don't think it's it's not Bungie anymore, right? Involved no. With like making Halo. No, it's not, which I don't even remember uh, who who's developing this latest one. That's how out of the loop I am these days with that stuff. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> I just knew I was like, I know Bungie. I don't even think made the last one either. So, I mean, I three, I think... four, three, three, four, three industries. OK, yes. well, it sounds like it, it sounds like it's in good hands. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's good to hear that. It's like kind of just like, OK, yeah, it's more of what you loved and. If you loved it, then it, you'll you'll be happy to see what's here. But yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be curious too because I, I know those games really shined in like the co-op campaign. Oh too. yeah, I mean, the, just the regular solo campaign. Yep. But I know you could play co-op, and that was like a I know a ton of friends who did that. Oh yeah, many a time over. So oh yes, yeah, I'd love to do something like that too. Actually, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Game Pass, we should give it a try. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah, I'd be down. I haven't played I could, since Halo Two. I haven't booted one up, so I'd be <laughs> get down. some more experience, and I'll help carry you through that too, potentially. Yeah, I, I'd need the help for sure. <laughs> but uh, but real quick, I guess while we're uh, while we're talking a little multiplayer, yeah. um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to. I, I really haven't played a ton of this game just yet, and I've sadly only been able to play it single player because it's uh, the multiplayer is only couch co op. Okay, but, or I should say couch competitive because it's more like a. It's like up to four players, and if you've ever played uh, the Monkey Ball games, and in particular, I want to say it was in Super Monkey Ball 2 for sure. I want to say the original Super Monkey Ball as well Might have been. on GameCube, but I know yeah. I, I played a lot of Super Monkey Ball 2 oh, yeah. at a, a friend's house on GameCube, Oh yeah, and uh, we would always play, in particular, Monkey Target Monkey over Target. and over, which was basically, and we played this at your place a lot too, Randall, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, back yeah, in yeah. the day, at least once in a while. Oh, yeah. And uh, you basically, uh, you know, if you're not familiar with Monkey Ball, you're literally a character in a ball that are <laughs> a monkey in a ball and you mm-hmm. roll down a ramp in this particular game mode and kind of launch yourself and then the the ball would kind of open up and like act as like kind of a glider or a parachute yeah, kind of like kind pilot of like, wingsy that way yeah yeah that's into. a great that's a great way to put it yeah yeah and this game definitely just kind of almost like just leans into that mini game mode and i don't i think i said the name of the game but if i didn't it's called bonito days nice and it's got like a really charming really lovely art style and i guess just presentation in general like the soundtrack is amazing like there's a few tracks with vocals here and there just this like really chill like 
almost like Calypso. Nice. Like islandy vibes. And like the, the game is like very much like and in Monkey Target, too, you're typically like kind of launching out over like the water and you're yeah. sailing and trying to land on like these targets. It's like it, it almost reminds me of like something that would be on like a wacky like game show where like the contestants <laughs> are like trying to, you know, or like gladiators or mm-hmm. something, but more of like a, you know, a crazy version of that. Yep. But, uh, but essentially this game, like, and I will say the only thing that's a little jarring at first is the controls, because when you're on the ground, you're, you are like in this kind of rolled up, you're just this little like fish creature that, uh, which it can't swim. So it's, I guess it's not a fish, but it looks like a flying fish and you are in a ball form when you start out the level. And some of them are like kind of like monkey target, just like a ramp that you roll down and launch yourself. And then you just glide around and fly on the target. But some yeah. of them are like a little bit longer of a stage where maybe it is more like a pilot wings thing where you're like almost like, or even like almost like a Mario Kart because and that's like a even a good comparison too because like the stages or whatever are kind of broken up into cups where you yeah. pick like the the herb cup and then there'll be five courses that you need to go through and you get right. three attempts on each course to um, basically land on the target and get the highest points you can get but there's like collectibles little hearts around that you can fly around and collect to get more points or rings that you can fly through for like a score multiplier. Oh, I love that stuff. Um, and then there's like a few of the stages that are more like they're not a race per se, but they're like they have a little bit longer of a time limit because usually you have about 60 seconds, which is plenty of time to go make it to the target on right. any given uh, run. But then some of them are maybe like 120 seconds and there'll be like a lot of speed boosters around midair. So like you're you're not actually going to run out of steam. You're actually just going to be flying around and collecting as many of the hearts and sweets and collectibles as you can. Okay. Um, and it's, it's literally just about getting the high score. Like at the end, if you're just playing single player, like there's no one to compete against. So it just, it just says I win at the end of every time I play a run. (laughs) But even, even the fact that I continue to fire this game up, like I I keep finding myself, like it's a, it's been like my go-to like time waster game. Like for example, I was like, I got about a half an hour to kill before we record tonight. So like, I'm going to play a few, play one circuit basically of the Bonito days and like just something about like the, the presentation, the art style, like it's got this really like bright, like pastel, low poly kind of style, but it like, I don't know, like it's, it's nowhere near as like zany as something like Katamari, but it's got that kind of energy to it. And it sounds like perfectly pick up and play that way. Like you're saying, yeah. like one, two minute runs, everything's like colorful and fun and like vibrant and kind of like doesn't take itself too seriously. And yeah, the high score elements. So there's not too much depth to it. But yeah, it sounds perfect for a multiplayer setup that way, too. Like you're saying, that sounds great. Yeah. And even like the tutorial itself is like it's not it's literally you click it on like on the title screen, you click tutorial and it's just like almost like a not even a slideshow. It just shows like a few still images, like kind of dancing around on the screen, like almost like a Yoshi's Island style, you know, yeah. how like the, the crayon or like the drawings kind of bounce and dance a little bit. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that style. And even the visuals do that, even though the game's in 3d, it kind of has a little bit of that like texture to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the only thing I'll say, and I, I think I started this thought earlier and didn't finish it, but when you're on the ground and when you're not in the air, you, your instinct is that you would use the right stick to control the camera, but you actually have to use the shoulder buttons to kind of like turn the camera left and right. Yeah. But (laughs) once you're airborne, the camera kind of locks behind you. And that's like what you're spending the majority of the time doing in this game. Like you're flying around and gliding and you know, you can do the thing too. Like it's really momentum based. So you got to kind of like dip down and 
fly yeah, back up to pick up I just a little that. more steam. Like you can't like you can't really you know you can't like extend your flying time by a massive amount but you can definitely like oh let me eke this out just a little further it's not and quite like mario world cape status where you yeah can just- no yeah <laughs> infinite <laughs> infinite flight yeah not quite there but but yeah it, it feels really nice it takes just a little getting used to yeah um to the point where like again it, i think it like the first level it started me off on was like a really heavy like it, it did have a little ground based segment before you launch off the ramp yeah so i was like oh these controls are so weird so like i would just say just stick with it for a second like if you feel like it's a little off because i don't think it lets you tweak the controls but yeah. just give it a give it a chance try a few more levels and it, you'll get the hang of it i think it, it's pretty quick to pick up and i do love how the tutorial again is just like hey here's a screen here's how to play and again there's just the sense of fun like even instead of telling you to press a button it tells you to pat the button <laughs> like it just <laughs> i don't know it just like it's, it reminds me of even like fogs is another yeah. good game of like yeah. that really like just fun charming yep. bright colorful not taken just, too seriously and yeah and multiplayer yep. so yeah a lot of fun really especially if you have like friends up to four players really think this one's uh, and again the name is bonito days just because i feel like i kind of talked in circles and probably said monkey target more than i said bonito <laughs> days there so it's good comparison though yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but uh, but I know, Randall, you and I from there, we're going to kind of continue mm-hmm. on some of our uh, Game Boy discussion yes. from uh, a couple weeks ago. And we kind of dove into, and I, I was uh, just editing that episode the other day. I was like, man, I was a little harsh on these Mario Land you games. You were very harsh. I had to um, do everything I could to protect them. I know. You you saved the day a little. And I, <laughs> I still stand by. I stand by most of my comments. <laughs> yeah. But we have kind of continued on from, again, playing the Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2. Yes. Um, to moving on to technically Super Mario Land 3 That's with right, Wario baby. Land. Yep. And then we've also kind of dabbled a little bit with uh, Donkey Kong uh, on Game Boy as well. Donkey Kong. 94 i think a lot of people know it as yep um which uh, i had personally never played up until now actually i'd never played either of these up until now other than very i I might have played a little bit of wario land at some point when i very first bought the cartridge but yeah i wasn't too far off from where you were like i dabbled in both of these games but i never was like I'm going to sit here and like, this is the game I'm playing. Like it was never that it was like, let's play a few levels and kind of get a gist of what this is and then move on to something else type of thing. Yeah, I think once I, I got both of these and like more of like my collecting days yep. of like I didn't get them when I had my Game Boy and was playing it all the time. Same. So I think and it so I got it at a time where I was barely ever playing my Game Boy or Super Game Boy or even having my retro stuff hooked up readily available. So it's like yep. I'm not I'm just not firing up those things all the time. If I am playing retro, yeah, it's probably the Super Nintendo or something. So right. I'm I'm just just never really took the time to play these and kind of even forgot like in my head I I kind of had thought Wario Land 2 was Super Mario Land 3 like in mm-hmm. like I just had kind of like erased that suit that Wario Land like the original existed yeah um so I was kind of really excited to go back because I was like oh man there's like a whole extra Wario game that I kind of totally forgot about mm-hmm. um and really think you know, pretty much all the gripes I had about uh, Super Mario Land and in particular the gripes I had about Super Mario Land 2 with like kind of the sprites being super huge yeah. and um, and at least with the way I tend to play Mario games where I'm just kind of trying to run the whole time mm-hmm. and keep like the the natural kind of finesse of controlling Mario, just kind of trying to keep that, yep, that momentum going all the yep. time. It seems like, and I, this could maybe not be the case. I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't even know if it was the same team. But it seems like with for this game, they kind of 
just kind of looked at that. Hey, we're we are restricted a little bit by the screen real estate here. And how can we revamp the gameplay a little bit? Yes. To to fit that format, because I, I find that the, these games or with, with Wario Land, I guess with both of them. But well, I guess kind of start with Wario Land, because I know you I think yes. played all the way through this. I one. did. I beat Wario Land. And that yeah. is no joke, because I, <laughs> I will say I had a little bit of a panic attack earlier, because before I was playing Bonito Days, I was playing this, and I got, I just, I'm in the third world right now. I think I've beaten maybe 15, 20 levels-ish. Nice. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I don't know, because it seems like I almost skipped, because every course, it's like they have a course number, like course number one, course yeah. number two, and it seemed like after the second world, like the tea kettle world, I... I like skip some levels. It seemed. It seemed like there was maybe even like a secret path on the overworld I could mm. maybe go down. I I'm guess not hundred percent sure. Yeah. But all I know is I got a game over, and it took me to the title screen, and I had a panic attack. And I'm <sighs> I am playing on an emulator, but I I hadn't done any save states yet. Oh. And I was like, oh no. Oh. Oh no! But thankfully, I was like, "Oh no!" There is that opening screen with like the the save. Yeah, like, you do have some save files and everything, and I yep. actually love that opening screen. Me too. Uh, it's very very similar to the Super Mario Land too, but like yep. where you kind of like have the three pipes you can go down, and just it's just a little interactive. Uh, pick your save file screen. Yep. Um, but, but there's so yeah, much character there. In, in every aspect yes. of this game, like every facial expression that Wario makes, mm-hmm. every facial expression that the enemies make yes. even that the the blocks make <laughs> half yes. the time um and and the different costumes that wario wears and even when when wario's in miniature mode and he's got his little mohawk <laughs> yeah, his and it's little, like who, whoever mar- thought of wario. every little detail and even, yeah. even the way wario like carries stuff over his head with yeah. one hand and yeah and whatnot and and he can carry stuff even when the enemies are three times his size and oh yeah baby shuck him around the screen and like just Everything about this game just exudes so much personality, it and does. especially to be able to pull that off with just the monochrome yeah. uh, color palette of the the Game Boy is like like limited hardware. We're talking about like that's it's crazy. Like yeah. what they were, and I'll plant a flag. I think this is the best platformer on Game Boy, at least that I've played. Like it's it's definitely shaping up to be that way. I mean, yeah. it's and it it is a huge game. Like yeah. there are a ton of le- like best I can tell there are a, a shit ton of levels yeah. with like all sorts of crowns to collect like all sorts yes. of secret paths and like yes. in in some fashions like for I know I mentioned Yoshi's Island earlier briefly like that that's a game where like I get a little bit frustrated with the open endedness of those levels like mm-hmm. even though they do tend to lead to like a little secret or a little hidden thing to get all the collectibles but like with Wario Land I really feel like it's like Oh man, like this way is like through this door there might you go a little bit out of your way but you might find a checkpoint in the middle of the level right. or It's always worth it to do that generally. Or or you can be like I'm kind of panicking like you know I need the I need to finish the level with 10 coins to open the door at yep. the end of each level. So like I know I need like I'm kind of cutting it close here and I'm down to my last hit point. I'm you know I'm I got my mohawk going so <laughs> I need to I need to just go for the end of the level like I in most cases, I'm I'm trying to find all the secrets, but there are, have been a couple of times where I'm like, ah, I I just need to get to the end of the oh, level. Oh yeah, here. oh um, yeah, and and it kind it really encourages replayability, and it I does. think that like the only thing that could really help a ton is like having the the like in Super Mario World where you can clearly tell like 
oh, this this level's red, so you know it has two exits, or like, yep. uh, I know I still need to get the crown, for example. I don't know if every level in Wario Land has a crown, but there's definitely, like, some of the levels have those, like, hidden think doors. So, because they show that grid at the end of the levels with, like, the treasure you can collect, and I feel like there is only, like, maybe 20, 25 tops of those, like, treasure spots, uh, you know. Yeah, it definitely, it uses the letters of the alphabet, and I don't think it goes oh, so then, through the entire alphabet. Oh, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely under yeah. 25 or whatever, yeah. so. yeah. So, um, yeah, like it's not every level that has one of those secret treasures and generally they're pretty well hidden. I think I yeah. only, like I went through the game and I want to say only got like six, seven treasures mm-hmm. like and and that was with like, oh, I died. So let me turn off the Game Boy and turn it back on so I can retry this level and because <laughs> I know where it is and da da da. Like yeah. that was doing that sort of stuff with my like I played on Game Boy uh, Advance primarily to like play through this. And that's kind of yeah. how I did it. And like, yeah, early on falling into a lot of pits, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, until I got used to like that, that like shoulder bash mechanic, which feels awesome. Oh, it's so good. It's so satisfying. It It is. Like to just to shoulder check enemies and like. Oh, yeah. uh, Like the only thing that I keep forget, I keep forgetting that you can't do it when you're small Wario. So like I'll like because you'll take damage and then like turn into mini Mario or mini Wario and then you're panicking, like trying to shoulder bash again. And you're like, no, no, I can't do it. Yep. Yep. You Um, can only jump on the dudes and flip them upside down and then grab them with your muscly arm and throw them at other guys that, you know. That's the only thing you can do as as little baby Wario. Yeah. Or pull out 10 coins and throw your coins, which I rarely ever did because, you know, coins are like one one of the real things you want to do is get as many coins and treasure through like collected throughout the game to get, you know, a quote unquote good ending, basically. Interesting. I was wondering how that because I really love that like stat screen and how it keeps track and how it like. Um, you know, for example, like in the Mario games, you're, because your coins like kind of just keep rolling over each stage, you really just get, you get to a point usually where you've like racked up so many one ups yep. that it, it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day with, in the game over, I got in this game, it, it actually didn't back set or it didn't reset any of my progress. I was able to pick up right from the level I was yeah. on. I like, I was like, Oh, is it going to go back to the last like boss I beat or the last like kind of main stage? But yeah, it let me pick up actually right where I left off. Yep. Um, but I, I just find that, like, shoot, I sort of lost my train of thought there. Well, like, there's a couple of things there. Like, you don't get lives through coins like the other land games, the other Mario Land games, is through those hearts. That's you know, right. That's right. Know, coins is just, you know, a matter of getting, like, a good ending, essentially. Um, and or, obviously, like, you could use the 10 coins at a checkpoint just because some of those levels are hard and some of them are like a little bit longer than others. So it's some like, some of them are like really healthy. Yeah. Really long levels. Yeah, they are. Um, so I'm like, Oh shoot. Like I don't want to use 10 coins here, but I'm going to, cause it was like a bitch to get this far. So like, let me yeah. do that. Or, you know, so like that's, you get hearts either by defeating enemies or, you know, some of the blocks will release, like 10 hearts and once you get to 100 hearts like the other mario land games you get a one up that way um which is you know a bit of a departure uh so i kind of like that though it's a nice little change of pace um that way on the formula and then you had mentioned the bosses i love the design of the bosses it's another area where there's so much character and like some really good showcase of like what the game boy can do with such limited hardware for sprite art stuff and like effects 
like, man, you could tell this, uh, like, once again, one of my favorite things, a late era, although with Game Boy, it ended up not being late era, <laughs> but at the time, a late era release <laughs> yeah. for the system, um, you know, at 94, which, you know, the game we're going to talk about next also released late era. It oh, sort man, of what a year. What Pre-Pokemon late era Game Boy, I guess, is the way to right. put that. Right, yeah, yeah, before it got its <laughs> second wind. Yes, uh, so really, really, uh, Nintendo was able to like really, you know, show off what this very limited hardware that they could sell for ninety nine dollars with Tetris back in nineteen ninety or whatever could do. <laughs> like, yeah, just crazy. Like, loved. I I really, really love this game. I'm a big fan of Wario Land. Yeah, I've I've been really enjoying it as well. It, it it just takes like a tiny bit of getting used to like kind of that stiffness of the jump, but it but it really works more in this game because the yes. jumps are like a little more scripted and a little yes. more like the levels are just laid out in a more puzzly kind of way. Yes. Um, more not more like every horizontally, sense. I guess. Yeah. Even though there is yeah. verticality, especially to later levels, it's like you said at the beginning, it's like it's designed around the limitations of the Game Boy where it's more horizontally and you're you're kind of like moving that way with your bash primarily all of your power-ups kind of have that like the jet is kind of like a super powered bash that like takes you across the screen the jet helmet or like yeah that can take you to certain areas like there was just a secret key the yeah. the one secret crown that i found i was kind of like climbing up a wall essentially by like just bashing into the walls yep. and then it gives you like that just that little bit of extra height to get you up to the next like lip and keep kind of climbing up this like cavern in the cave yep uh and found a secret up there and just like another thing i really like too and back to kind of like that open-endedness of the the level design yeah i really like how it's like you know like for example in new super mario brothers or something like that in those games like you'll clearly see like oh i gotta get to this stage and and have a mini mushroom so i can get in that little mini pipe yep. and sneak through there and find the secret in this level where like in this game in wario land it's more like hey here's just a spot that you can only go underneath if you're small wario right now yep. but there's no it's not going to be some huge secret it's probably just going to be like a heart or uh just another path yeah. that you can take but it's like it's just broken up in a way that like hey this is like just a path that maybe is more appropriate for the state that you're currently in or whatever totally. hat you currently have on and even then but you could not- like kind of like crouch as big wario and try to like squeeze jump your way through sometimes yeah, yeah. And a little bit of you know sometimes in those you could still kind of squeeze through but yeah it's made to be for like little wario to get in those little those little routes yeah, and, and I think, uh, and I could probably, I, I don't know if we're ready to jump to the next game Let's here, do it. but like I can probably, I, the, the only gripe that I'll level at both games, and this is really just a gripe to level at the Game Boy, and it's it's not even a gripe, but just the nature of like, it can be a little bit tough to tell, like, is this enemy going to hurt me? Is this enemy, or is this a pit, like, I fell into a pit of what I thought was just like, I thought it was just water, but it was like, oh, this is like a little bit darker water. It's oh. like poison water. <laughs> and I died in that. Or like, there, there's just little things like they, they do a pretty good job in the sense of like, oh, this enemy looks spiky. Mm-hmm. So, or like this crab, I know I have to like hit it from behind or yep. this enemy's carrying a spear. Yep. Uh, so I know I have to hit it from behind, but in particular. Or do the bash. So they flip, you know, right, upside right. down. But, yep. I, but I did find this slightly more egregious in the other game we're going to talk about, which is Donkey Kong 94, 
only in the sense that like I, I found that like there are a lot of the enemies in this game that you're uh, you're kind of meant to jump on top of and land on and almost like pick up and throw them kind of like Wario or or like yeah. you would in like Mario 2. Yep. But then there are other enemies that you can't do that to. You touch them and you die instantaneously. Yeah. And then sometimes those are the same enemies. Like it's it's like based on what angle you're colliding with them at. Mm. And it it just can be a little finicky at times. It's it's nothing egregious or anything, yeah. but it's it's more just a limitation of like the everything being in black and white. Yeah. And, and I guess we should mention Donkey Kong ninety four. I know has a Super Game Boy enhancement. It that looks, sure does. It looks sharp. I had, I didn't get to great. try it myself, but I looked at some screenshots and I was like, whoa, this looks like it's awesome. You know, it looks like an NES game pretty it, much. It does, and it's it's got that arcade cabinet look to it, like because, oh, on like the outsides. Yep. Because the yeah. Super Game Boy, that's that's one of the things it could really do is say like, OK, the perfect X aspect ratio of a Game Boy game might be less than your full screen TV. But what we can do is put this cool border around it. And, you know, they did that with a lot of, again, late release Game Boy games, especially or notable yeah. Game Boy games that might have come out before, like Metroid 2 or whatever. Um, but in Donkey Kong, it was one of the biggest showcases of the Super Game Boy. And that's that's actually primarily how I played Donkey Kong 94. Oh, uh, nice to talk about it here. It was on my Super Game Boy through the the Super NT. And Ooh, how yeah. did that work? How did, I'm, I'm assuming no issues with the no issues. You have, hardware to, and stuff. Uh, you have to like enable in the software to like allow audio pass through on the cartridge. But that's just like once it's there, it's like it works perfectly good. And that's, I'm assuming, just for the because of the Super Game Boy, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But no, it, it worked. It worked great. And it looks great. It looks super sharp. Um, it's a really good looking game, even, even in monochrome black and white. It's in the yes. grayscale. It's a it's a really good looking game. Again, it it, it doesn't have quite the like kind of cartoony comic book like expressiveness that Wario Land no. has. But it still has like a, a great deal of personality. Like, yeah, it, it, it has a. It has it definitely has a different tone to it than any other Mario yeah. platformer. And I guess we should say and it's it's we're certainly not breaking this to you. I'm sure you're aware that Donkey Kong 94 is like kind of a secret hidden Mario game sort mm -hmm. of. Um, but I, I kind of wasn't aware of it until I heard. I can't even remember what podcast had mentioned it or where I had read about it initially as like, oh, it's kind of like a. You know, the first three stages are regular, like kind of Donkey Kong. Yep. And then after the that, it kind of opens Donkey up. Kong. Yep. Into like a world map of like still kind of Donkey Kong inspired levels, but that are really heavily also inspired by Mario. And I do think it's kind of interesting that I, I really feel like a lot of the move set that Mario has in this game mm -hmm. has like in turn really inspired how Mario controls nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like, like the backflip. The backflip in yep. terms of like, yeah, where you can like pull in the opposite direction and do a backflip. Yeah. Also, the. uh I guess Mario can't do this, but you can do like the handstand jump where like, oh, yeah. so if you're holding down down when you jump, you kind of jump and then land on your hands, which then in turn, if like DK is throwing barrels down at you, you, you block them with your feet. Yeah. Um, which is, it doesn't work for everything and every enemy or anything, but there are certain things you can block with that. Yeah. And then when you jump off of, from that maneuver or from that position, cause you can just kind of walk around on your hands infinitely, um, <laughs> while you're like that. But then when you jump from that position, 
position, you jump just as high as you would when you do the backflip. Yep. Or if it's not just as high, it's pretty darn close. Yep. But then they also added like I'm and they do a great job in like the little kind of like Pac-Man-esque cutscenes between yeah. each like like world segment. And again, this this game has a hundred levels in it, which is Insane. mind-blowing to just me. Just nuts. Cause I, I'm on the fourth world and I would say all of the worlds except one have had less than 10 levels. So there's got to be at least 10 or 11 world, 12 worlds or something. And it, you know, it's kind of a, you know, similar setup to this type of like single screen arcade game. Yep. Uh, there is a little bit of scrolling, you know, either vertically yeah. or horizontally, but, but not much. You're kind of talking like, uh, they kind of remind me of like the Bugs Bunny crazy castle yeah. games, which are what, what I oh, have yeah. in the Game Boy. But More this like again, it's a takes, puzzle. It's a puzzle platformer at heart. Once you get out of the the three Donkey Kong arcade stages, essentially, except for the fact that, like, again, in those crazy castle games, like you really feel like you're kind of locked to a grid in those games mm-hmm. where like this game, you have so much fluidity yeah. over the control of Mario. Like, it's even true. to the degree of like when you're falling from a certain height, like if you fall from a medium height, you'll fall and like just be kind of like. Uh, dazed for a second where you can't move if you fall from too far you'll actually die yeah but if you like push to the side on the d-pad at like just the right time mario will do like a somersault yeah and you can save yourself from falling or from getting stunned or from dying i love those touches too because in donkey kong arcade and like the nes port it's like you fall from any distance and you're just dead even even a even a fall from like a height that would be lower than the height of your jump if you were falling from the ground <laughs> yep. will kill you sometimes. Yep. Like even yep. I remember playing Donkey Kong Jr. on the yep. NES online recently and just yep. being like, as fun as that game is, I'm just like, what the hell? But it's like so frustrating. And this like those this are games game kind that are of, fun when you memorize them, basically. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this game like basically takes that concept but lets you kind of finesse your way yes. around. Like I can't can't tell you how many levels i've like completed and and this game also does a great job of having like there's three hidden collector or not necessarily hidden but like three placed collectibles on each stage like an umbrella yeah a hat and like a, a whistle or a brick or something i don't know maybe it's the whistle from mario 3 it kind of uh. looks like that a little bit um but if you collect all those you get like a bonus round that can give you uh extra lives but like it's another one of those situations where like i'm tending to try to go for those three every time yeah but by the time you get to the key at the end of each level and like then you're making your way back to the door and you're like i don't give two shits about that hat yep (laughs) get that get that thing away from me yep um because you are it is like a mad dash sometimes especially because that key like it's again you pick it up and carry it kind of super mario brothers 2 style very super mario brothers 2 style but but it disappears quick yes, if you does. if you don't have it in your hands and many times you are you you have to throw it throw you have it to like up kind of yeah. jump and throw it up to a higher level or yep. whatever you you have to chuck it around and get to it quick and if mm-hmm. you haven't kind of cleared your path or kind of planned out what you're planning on doing yep it, it can be uh it can, you can put yourself in some pretty precarious situations yep but i have found like to and i don't know if it's just because it has some of the more unique controls and, and again, there's one more move that I just got shown uh, right in the last segment. I just got to the jungle, in the which is, I think, the fourth zone. Mm-hmm. So you can actually do, if you time it just right, you actually can kind of do the triple jump. Oh, Like wow. you can do in the new Mario games. If you if you do the backflip or like do the jump that like where you hold down down and then you land on your hands. Yeah. And then if you time the next jump perfect and then the next jump after that perfect, 
you do like an extra high long jump and Jeez. then like to the point where like even when Mario lands, he actually like stops for a quick second and does like a little gymnast pose, like puts his two the hands DNA up in the air. of future Mario experiences are just all over this game. It's all there. It's yeah. like, yeah, the, the movement and like, just, yeah, being able to kind of like it, that sense of momentum. It's like they they really took the weightiness that you feel like in the original Mario game and yeah. Super Mario Brothers that I gripe about all the time. But like by adding those extra ways that you can like, oh, I, yeah, it might take a quite a long time to like pull back in the opposite direction and turn around if I'm just turning around. But yeah. if I do that backflip, I can turn around on a dime. Mm-hmm. I might have to worry about how high I'm going to jump and worry about what's above <laughs> me. But yep. It's it really gives you a such a greater sense of control over Mario. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, my my only real gripe so far has just been like the uncertainty of like, oh, I I feel like I should have been able to touch that thing, and I I'm surprised that that kills me when I touch it or whatever. Yeah. But that's just a, but that's a quick you learn it one time, and I'm not in a situation where like I'm I'm on my last life and I'm about to get a game over, so it's not all that frustrating but that and it has that donkey kong arcade dna in it ultimately which is pretty unforgiving with things like that yes (laughs) it it is hard both these (laughs) games we should say are are very hard i think yep i think so too and like what made it hard for me in donkey kong 94 is that uh i found out the hard way that the battery inside my cartridge was no longer working oh no um so i didn't end up (laughs) because i never have enough time to really spend like a huge amount of game time in one session playing this i'm like well i guess i'm gonna play a lot of the first world <laughs> over and over again um yeah so like oh well, i guess that's an excuse for me to pop open this cartridge and try to try to desolder a, a battery and put a new battery in there i guess because i really do want to see a lot more of of donkey kong i really think it's a great game um but yeah what we haven't mentioned too is like in talking about the dna of of this game for future games this launched the mario vs donkey kong series oh that's right you know john was just mentioning that when we were talking about it in the discord too and i kind of forgot about that when he mentioned it and i forgot about it again now yeah like it it is that like this was the first one of that um but like maybe even more impressive that like you just went from Donkey Kong Arcade, which is like one of Nintendo's most popular arcade games into this whole new console series um, that's separate from the mainland Mario games, but like really good. Uh, yeah, and this like game this, in particular, really good. Th- this game is screaming for a remake, you know, yeah. like it like to see it not to it doesn't necessarily have to get the same kind of treatment like visually that uh, Link's Awakening did. But yeah. like seeing like how Nintendo went back to like, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is a game that would be a I, I don't know. I would I would love to play this game with maybe just a little tightening up on the controls mm-hmm. and like the yeah, just some quality of life type things like not even necessarily that the controls aren't tight. But you, you know what I mean? Yes. When you're playing an old retro game and you're just like, ah, I feel like. <laughs> Yep. If I was playing it on a game now, I would yep. have hit that jump or whatever, you know, just a little more forgiving. Little quality um, of life there. And, and you know, yeah, that really that would be all you'd have to do. Uh, I don't even think the sprites look too bad, although, you know, if you do remake it, I'd love some like higher bit quality sprites. Why not? Yeah, if you could. Yeah. But but yeah. And, and it, again, the soundtracks in both games are, oh, yeah. are probably worth highlighting as oh, well. Yeah. I, a little bit. I mean, they're not as memorable as the stuff on like or even in Super Mario Land, but, you know, not as memorable as like the NES soundtracks yeah. 
or Super Nintendo still stuff, good, but I, I still find them, yeah, nice and peppy. And especially, yeah. I, I really like the Donkey Kong 94 uh, soundtrack. I think it really kind of nails like the arcadey, yep. like plinky yep. sound effects. Like it, it like kind of feels more like you're in an arcade. Noises happening, yeah, which yeah. is just a lot of fun. Yeah. And all the just like, yeah, it, it's just such a great presentation. Everything and, uh, and a huge game. I'm, I'm really excited to I'm not even halfway through. It's nuts. They like Nintendo went crazy on Donkey Kong 94. Like they didn't have to make it this. All they really had to do was port like Donkey Kong Arcade and like maybe a couple extra features and called it a day and sold it for 30 bucks. Or but even they just like, yeah, add a link cable on that verse mode or something and yeah. they would have been fine. Or even just link cable and you can play the original Mario Bros on here yeah. too or something and they would have <laughs> right. been just fine. No, but um, they they added 100 levels of this whole new gaming experience. This whole new like sub Mario genre thing that they made where it's like puzzly platformer and then the super game boy stuff on top of that. It's just, it's, it's great. It's and, and it is kind of baffling that they it, it like, you know, we keep calling it Donkey Kong 94, but it technically is just called Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. Like you would you would be none the wiser if you yep. pick this up, especially just knowing what was coming at. You know, Tetris was just Tetris on Game Boy. Yeah. Or I guess probably came out first on Game Boy. But like, you know, like uh, there were many games that were like, this is just a black and white version of the NES game. You know, totally like, same thing, maybe even stripped yep. down a little bit. And it was yep. like, whoa, this is like kind of a hybrid donkey kong and mario game like it, yes. it truly married both those those ips very well yep took to took an arcade game from 1981 and remade it into that like yeah just, wow unbelievably impressive yeah real yeah. good the game boy and, uh, is awesome basically yeah and and speaking of awesome and unbelievably impressive, I did want to give a quick shout out to uh, it's I feel like it's been a minute since I've uh, given some love to Cultisti here on the yeah. podcast. And uh, I figured since we were talking about a couple kind of like single screen yeah. arcadey games here and I, I, I don't know how long it's been since I last mentioned uh, their games on the podcast, but I know I've. Haven't made any videos for their games in a while, and I think we have over like a dozen videos made for their games already, (laughs) and there were at least seven new games since I went on and played their games last, and this is over like maybe a six-month period Unbelievable. Like just unreal, and again, some of these are Game Jam games that were made, and for example, one of them I played was called Line Off, Uh Um, and I really like how the simplicity of this game, it was made for the low-res jam, so we're talking about the whole game is in like a 64 by 64 bit grid nice um and you're basically just controlling this four by four pixel square from a top-down perspective and then there are basically lines that sweep from either the top the bottom the left or the right of the screen and things keep picking up you know it's obviously just randomly generated Mm -hmm. and it's a top-down platformer and you're literally just jumping over the lines like jump rope and then there'll be like little dust particles that you have to collect and it's just like collect (laughs) as many dust particles as you can before you die. And it's That's like, we, I know I talked about Cog Owl with uh, John. He and I both checked out that one, which was more of like a platformer in the same vein that we, yeah. I think we, yeah, we even got like a palette that we picked out some of the colors for in that one. Nice. Um, but yeah, this is kind of more of the same concept. But the one I really wanted to mention was their most recent game called uh, Sulka, which is S-U-L-K-A. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a little 2D side-scrolling platformer with uh, 20 levels. And you just control this little like bird character. And it's just, you know, it has a, that really striking cultisty pixel art style where it's like mostly black backgrounds with these really minimalist little bitsy pixel characters. And then 
it mostly just has this gravity flipping mechanic that you're not in control of, but they'll just be like these dotted lines that like, otherwise you're kind of like uh, jumping around on these like suspended platforms that if you were to fall down, you'd, you'd fall down off the bottom of the screen. Yeah. But if you fall through this dotted line, it flips the gravity and then you kind of go and then you're, you know, jumping on the bottom of the platforms and then it does utilize and it, this isn't the first game to do any, a mechanic like this or anything, but it's, it utilizes like where you're, you do have to take into account to like how, like the height that you're jumping from and the, the sense of momentum. So like towards some of the later levels, you have to kind of like loop through the, the gravity flip like a few times to like pick up speed to (laughs) launch yourself like a little bit higher to the tallest platform. Nice. So it's just like, I'm just blown away every time I played another game from them too called uh it's it's envelope spelled backwards. Um <laughs> so I just called it backwards envelope when I played it because I wasn't gonna try to pronounce that. Yeah. But it's another like it's just like a little top down like dungeon crawl puzzler that you you're basically just get to the end of the dungeon and deliver this letter nice. <laughs> and get to the mailbox and it's nice. You know, probably about the equivalent I don't know how many rooms it was, but it's about the equivalent of probably about twenty rooms and you know, just move along and not all their games are like scripted adventures. Sometimes they're more like puzzly arcadey experiences, more like line off, but even, even just the little touches like with line off, like the only instructions in the game, it's like line off. And then it's just like, stay offline. (laughs) And just like, just the little touches of like, even on the opening screen, like line off, like just keeps like the letters just keep scrolling across and like, it does eventually spell offline. And like, Uh it just, I, I mean, it just the way it, Everything about the presentation of these games, and they they typically use like a four by three aspect ratio. Yeah. Um. So it's just like something you don't see a ton of. So coming from playing these Game Boy games, it was yeah. like, oh man, this this just feels right at home. And Absolutely. I mean, like, other than there's some you know some flashier particles and some cool effects going on, but right. these true like uh, line off could legitimately potentially run on a Game Boy. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so low res, but at the same time. The controls feel so responsive and tight. Like right. it's like within one second, you're just like, oh, I get it. OK, let me just keep playing this one more run. One oh, more run. Oh, I love it. And it's the same deal. You unlock new palettes with the especially the arcade games, like just keep getting new score. And that's the only thing you're unlocking is new color schemes. But man, is it so satisfying. And I I just can't get enough of their games. And like I said, there's still four. I played three and there's still four more that I want to check out that I have yet to play yet. That's Puzzle awesome. platformers, arcade stuff, you name it cultisti's probably done it so just can't recommend their stuff enough and yeah i i just i feel like it felt like it's been a while so yeah it has (laughs) yeah that's great yeah but uh but i think we can probably wrap up the the games talk there this week unless you got anything else randall no that's it no more video games yeah (laughs) for once for once we're out of video games (laughs) guys But uh, but yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back as always. And uh, I don't know exactly when this episode is going to come out, but I think it'll be out before the holidays. So mm. hopefully everyone's having a good holiday and good end of the year and everything here. And yeah. uh, if not, um, hopefully you already had a good end of the year That's and holiday, right. but I'm pretty sure this will be out by then. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you uh, next week one way or the other, whether it's this year or next. And uh, yeah, until then, we'll uh, catch you next week and take care. Bye bye. I'm like a hundred percent positive this is coming out before then, so I don't know why that <laughs> happened. I was like panicking. I was like, "Are we doing the holiday episode before this one?" I forget. And I'm pretty positive this one's coming before that, but yeah. whatever. What? I Just mean, in case. How, like, are there regular episodes in the chamber? One Wait, or two? I think technically this one would come out the week 
before. I, I, I know I crunched the numbers and I told John, like technically, I think this one would mean like if we recorded the next one, it could be the holiday episode and we'd be like right. done through the year and, and then some. Which I could do. I could do that at the next recording session. Do the holiday. That'd be cool. I, I still need to play Hyperlight Drifter, so I need. <laughs> I'll squeeze it in there. Last second. Might be time to break that out, Kevin. Yep, just about time. I almost did this week, and I was like, ah, I don't want to force it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I think it's time to do force that. it. Definitely going to do that, like, probably tonight. Boot that up and get yeah. started at least. At least, like, create a save file. 